<clears throat> it's good to see you all this morning. Uh, we are continuing our, our study this morning in the series we started a few months ago. Uh, there in Galatians chapter 5 where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. And we've gone through all of these works of the flesh and we're finishing up here in a few weeks the fruits of the Spirit. I was asked to talk about goodness this morning. The fruit of goodness. And goodness, like love and Kindness is a very broad subject. It covers a lot of things. And uh, I was looking in uh, my Bible dictionaries for a definition of the word goodness, and it referred me to good. And so I looked for what is the definition of good. And the best I can come up with through looking at several different uh, definitions was good uh, means pleasing, beneficial, and useful. Something that is all of those three things is considered good, a good thing. So my next question was, well, is goodness subjective? Uh, I may hear a song that I really like and think, man, this is a good song. And I might play it for you, and you might think, this is garbage. This is terrible. I hate this song. It's not good at all. So who's to say whether something is good or not? Well, maybe you decide maybe one day to, let's say, go drive hundreds of miles into the woods and build a cabin to get away from all the problems in this world. And you pack up all the tools that you think you might need and all the supplies and you pack them all up and you drive hundreds of miles and you start to build this cabin. And you soon realize that you forgot your hammer. And you can't hammer in nails without a hammer. You think, what am I going to do? And you look around and you find, you find a, a stone that looks like it actually might work as a hammerhead. And so you build yourself this hammer. Now, if the first time you use this thing it breaks, well, it's not a very good tool, is it? Or if you try and try and try to nail in nails with it and it just doesn't work it's not useful for the reason you made it it's not a good hammer it's not a good tool but if it does work if it works perfectly well if it works as good as any hammer you ever used in your life it's a good tool right it's a good useful pleasing tool. I think everybody understands this. But let's say someone joins you up in your wilderness retreat and they start 
to build their own stuff, and they find this hammer you've made. And they start to use it. And let's say they bring it to you and tell you this tool of yours is garbage. It's worthless. It doesn't work. And you say, what do you mean? It's a good tool. Says, no, it's not. I've been trying to saw logs with it all day and it doesn't work. What are you going to say? What are you going to say to that? You're going to say, you're wrong. It's a good tool. I made it to hammer and nails. That's my purpose for making it. That's the reason I made this thing. It's good. Goodness. When you think about goodness, it matters what the purpose is for the thing. Why it was created matters. It's purpose. And it's the same with you and me. It's the same with people. You know, the world doesn't get to decide whether you're good or not. The only one that can say whether you are a good person or not is the one that created you, God. Because he created you for a purpose, for a reason. And in order to know whether you are good or not, you have to know the purpose that God made you for. Why did he make you? What is your purpose for being? Why do you exist? Well, fortunately, we have a record from God of the creation. And if you go back to Genesis 1, you can read about the creation. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it said, God created light. And it was good. The light was useful. It was pleasing to God. It was beneficial to him. It was good. And he created the plants and the trees. And they were good. He, he created the stars, the sun, and the moon. And they were good. And he created birds, fish, land animals, and they were all good. And he created man and woman, and they were good. And he looked at all of his creation, and he said it was all very good. But if you keep reading just a little ways further, we see that not a long time passes, and one of these things isn't good anymore. Now, the trees didn't mess up. They were still being what God created them to be. And the birds, and the fish, the cattle, they were still good. It was us that messed up, wasn't it? We were not good anymore. 
So God curses man and woman, drives them out of the garden. And it isn't but a few more passages later that man is so bad that God wishes he had never even created us. He wants to wipe us off the face of the earth. So what happened? Why did we stop being good? Well, we have to understand why God made us. The purpose that God created us for. And if you look back in the book of first chapter of Genesis, he tells us in detail why he created everything. It's all there. It says that the light, the light it says he made to illuminate the darkness. That's why he created light. Now if that light did not illuminate darkness, it wouldn't be good light, would it? Because that's why he created it. But it did. And it still does today. The light is good. It says he made the stars, the sun, and the moon for signs and seasons. And they work for that. And every year the seasons change. And we can see the stars and use them for calendars and stuff. They, they, they've always worked well. It says he made the water and the plants and the trees to be used by the creatures on the world. And they're still useful today. We still use them. They've always been useful. They've always been good. And he made the creatures, it says, for man. They were made for us. And they have been good for us. So why does it say God made man? Why did he make us? Well, let's read what it says. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, you weren't created for the works of the flesh. Those things we've been studying about. That's not why you were created. And if you do those things, it's not going to work out well for you. It's not going to produce good things if you engage in the works of the flesh. Just like if you tried to use that hammer as a saw, it's not going to produce good things. Because you weren't created for that. 
You were created to be like God. And to have dominion over the earth. And to fill it. Now, <clears throat> we've done a pretty good job at populating the earth. I haven't specifically, but y'all are doing well. <laughs> and man as a whole has done a good job of filling the earth. And I don't think anyone would argue that we don't have dominion over the other creatures in this world. As James says, what animal hasn't been tamed or isn't tamed by man? We've been good at that. But when it comes to the likeness of God, to the moral character of God, we've struggled, haven't we? We haven't been so good at being like God in a moral way. Have we? So what is the moral character of God? What is he like? Well, in John chapter 14 and verse 8, Philip asked Jesus this. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. We can know what God is like by studying Jesus. What was Jesus like? What do we have to do to be like Jesus? To be like God? I don't know if you all had ever had a hero you wanted to be like. Maybe when you were young, there was someone that you admired and you really wanted to be like this person? I wanted to be like Grizzly Adams. He was a fictional mountain man on a TV show. And so I watched him every day and I started wearing only flannel shirts. That's all I would wear. And I would I wore the, the t-shirt that he had, and I would roll up my sleeves just like he would roll his up. And I lived on a farm, and I went out, and I stayed in the woods, and I, I had all these animals, and I would try to be just like him. But I didn't turn out like Grizzly Adams. But there's a better hero we have, and he is an awesome hero. If you think about Jesus, he was, he was just a poor child that came from an unknown family and he rose to be king, king of an eternal kingdom. And he went out around and he healed people and he raised the dead. He defeated, he defeated Satan. He defeated him at the cross of Calvary. And even death itself, he defeated it. 
to set his people free and bring us home. A hero of heroes. Who else could you possibly ever want to be like? Study him. Learn all you can about him. Meditate about Jesus. What was he like? How can I be more like him? This will give your life meaning. It will give you a purpose. It is the reason you were created. To be like him. So what was Jesus like? We've already talked about some of these things. How he was kind and loving. We've talked about this. Like the time Lazarus died and Jesus went and found his family and his family was crying and Jesus wept. He mourned with them because he cared. He had compassion. And then he did what he could do to ease their suffering. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to love people like Jesus loved people. And be kind like Jesus was kind. Because Jesus, Jesus is love. Jesus was patient. He was very patient, like all those times people yelled at him and made fun of him and harassed him. And he didn't say anything. He didn't, he didn't hurt them. He could have, but he didn't. He was very patient with people. And he always gave, gave them time. His, his disciples just didn't understand. Over and over, they kept making mistakes. And Jesus was patient with them. He gave them time. Don't get frustrated with people. people. People will try your patience, but you have to have patience because Jesus had patience. We need to be like him. Jesus was wise. He was very wise. Like that time when Satan tried to tempt him. And what did Jesus do? He just replied with scripture over and over. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, you shall love the Lord your God and him, you should serve, worship the Lord your God and him alone. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord. Jesus' wisdom comes, came from the word of God. That same word of God we can read today. We can read the same words Jesus read and have the same wisdom and be like him. We need to do that. We need to study these scriptures and memorize them, have them in our head. That wisdom of God, the wisdom that Jesus had, because he was wise. Jesus was humble. Jesus is the most humble man that ever lived. He had to be. He was the Son of God. Mighty, my, mighty angels worshipped him every day. They would do anything for him. He had the power of life and death on his lips. The power to do anything. 
And he bent down on his knees. And he washed the dirty feet of man. Jesus was the most humble man that ever was. And we think we're better than other people sometimes. And there's things we can't do. We need to be humble, like Jesus was humble. Jesus was generous. Jesus had almost no possessions at all. But what he did have, he gave freely. He had gifts from God. And he used those gifts to help people. To ease their suffering. To make their lives a little better. And he had time. So he used his time to teach people about God. A gift that has no value at all. It's invaluable. And that's what he did. He, he gave what he had to people. But to be like God, we need to be generous. We need to give what we have to help people. Like Jesus was generous. Jesus was honest. He was honest even when telling the truth would cause him great suffering. Like that time the, the leaders of the Jews trapped him and they asked him to say plainly whether or not he was the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus knew if he said yes, they were going to torture him and kill him. I've, I've twisted the truth for far less than torture and death. But Jesus was honest. He was always honest. And he said, he replied, it is as you say. Knowing what it meant. And they took him and tortured him and killed him. To be like God, we have to be honest. Because Jesus was honest. Jesus was just. He obeyed the laws of God and man. Always. Like, like that time when his disciple asked him if he was going to pay taxes or not. And Jesus said yes. And he not only paid his taxes, he paid his disciples' taxes as well. Because Jesus kept the law. He was a law-abiding person. He was just. So to be like God, we, we have to be just. We have to keep the law. Because Jesus was just. Jesus was faithful. Even as a young age, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. And he spent his life focused on that. He was so powerful. With his gifts, he could do anything he wanted. He could be anything he wanted. 
yet he remained focused on being a servant of God, doing his Father's will. And that's all he ever did. Jesus was faithful. And to be like God, we have to be faithful. Like he was faithful. Jesus was holy. He was pure and holy. Separate from evil. Separate from wickedness of this world. In John chapter 8, Jesus is trying to teach the people about God. And the Pharisees are heckling him. They're shouting out that he's deceiving the people, saying how he has no authority to teach. And Jesus just turned to them and he said, Who of you accuses me of sin? And there was dead silence. Not one person could ever name a single time that Jesus ever committed a single sin. And they sure wanted to. They couldn't do it. Because Jesus was holy. Jesus was pure. And to be like God, we have to be holy. We have to be pure in heart. And finally, Jesus was merciful. Jesus was surrounded by sinful, wicked people his whole life. Yet he didn't condemn people. He never did. Like that time they brought the woman who was caught in adultery to him and expecting him to say something they could accuse him of. And instead, Jesus dismissed all of our accusers by pointing out their own hypocrisy. And then he forgave the woman and let her go. If we want to be like God, we have to be merciful. We have to be willing to forgive people that do bad things to us. Be merciful. Because Jesus is merciful. Our God is good. Our God is a good God. And we should be thankful for that. So this is what it takes to be like God. You might look at this list and think, there's just no way I can be like God. How can we do this? You know, the Gospels tell of a man who went and came up to Jesus and said, Good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. So if no one is good, 
How can we ever be good in the sight of God? We were created to be an image of God. Now, an image of God, an image of a thing isn't exactly like that thing. It's an image. It is a reflection of that thing. We may not be able to be good, but we can reflect the goodness of God. We can point that mirror at God and show the world his goodness, his kindness, his love, his patience, his wisdom, his holiness. We can reflect that. We can show that in our lives. Now, I was reading recently about these scientists that have figured out how to make this white paint. It's the whitest paint they've ever been able to create. The whitest white known to man. And they're hoping they can use this paint to paint things. It, it reflects 98% of the light that touches it. 98% is reflected. And they're hoping to be able to paint houses with it and lower the cooling costs. And I also saw a video of the blackest black that they've ever been able to create. It's got a name, it's called Vanta Black. And this stuff is dark. You can actually buy this stuff. It's expensive, but it's this, the blackest paint that they've ever seen. And I saw a video of them painting with this paint and they, they painted a board with it and they shine this really concentrated light on this dark board. And it just absorbed the light. As soon as that light hit it, it disappeared. The darkness just consumed the light. And then as I watched, this board burst into flames and burned. You know, God has appointed a time when he's going to destroy his creation with fire. It's all going to be burned up. And God doesn't want you to burn. He is love. He is kind. He is merciful. Sin breaks you. It breaks you like a broken tool. And it makes you useless to God. But Jesus is a master crafter. And Jesus can fix a broken tool. God has created a way. A way for you to wash away that darkness and put on robes of white. I 
the way to have the Spirit of Christ living in you. So that when God looks at you, what he sees is the goodness of Christ. And so it would be, it will be like it was at the beginning. When God looked down at his new creation and said they are good. He is good. She is good. It is called the gospel of Christ. And if you haven't accepted that invitation, that awesome gift, talk to somebody that has. We can show you in scripture what you have to do to receive this gift, this awesome, awesome gift. And if you have stopped following Jesus or have not been following him like you should, start today. Go back and study the way Jesus is and pattern your life after him and follow him every day. Try to be like him. Try to be more like him every day. And if you'd like spiritual help from the church, please come now while we stand and sing.